Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What up, what up, what up, fam? How you guys doing? Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Did you have a good holiday? Did you have a good break? It is December 2nd, folks. We are weeks away from the end of a dumpster fire that is 2020. But I'm your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. Thank you guys for listening. If you're fans of the show, welcome back. If you're new, welcome in. And it is just a... (laughs) I can't believe it is December. But if you like what you're hearing, make sure to hit a like, a subscribe, a share, a punch or poke a ping or whatever you call it these days if you've already been listening why don't you stick around a while and keep on listening other than that i don't waste no time let's get right into the thick of it today it was a short week so hopefully we'll get to spend some more time on some some other topics but let's see what's going on in the video game world in what has to be the best Uh, representation of 90s nostalgia coming back, um, especially from 90s video game movies. The uh, three three skins will be added to Mortal Kombat 11, representing the original Mortal Kombat movie, uh, you know, where Christopher Lambert plays Raiden and with the long white hair and i mention him specifically because he is one of the skins being featured and he's actually coming back to voice raiden in uh for his character skin uh bridget wilson is coming back as sonya blade as well as uh i don't know who played johnny cage in um in that movie but but anyway essentially what's happening is it's sonya blade johnny cage and raiden and um, they will be played by their original car- uh, actors in the in their return as their skins, essentially in um, in the game. Uh, and that's going to be uh, Lyndon Ashby played Johnny Cage in that movie. So they are returning in the fi- uh, in the video game version and the trailer's out now it's actually pretty cool and it's got the the Mortal Kombat song in the background playing and they will be available as individual purchases so you don't need to buy any big pack character pack or own anything else you can get them uh, no matter what version of the game you have so that's that's pretty pretty epic for them to do that and it's uh, nice to see them bring that in though so it's 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 good to see it's good to see that but i can't wait to play as them that's for damn sure definitely gonna definitely gonna download those packs so that way i can relive the glory days so that's pretty awesome can't wait for that but how about this you guys loving red dead redemption online Do you guys never play Red Dead Redemption, but you want Red Dead Redemption online? Well, you're in luck if you're in that second category, because Red Dead Redemption online will be launching as a standalone. Uh, I think it actually has already launched, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, That launched yesterday, and it will uh, cost you $4.99 
for the time being. Uh, that that discount will last until February fifteenth. Other than that, it will. Uh, it's that's a seventy five percent discount, as they're calling it. It will uh, come in at a whopping one hundred and twenty three gigabytes for your hard drive, if, if you're looking to add it. So this is, like I said, it's it's Red 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 Dead Redemption Online only. Uh, you won't get the the single player campaign or anything like that. Uh, they've increased the levels and and skill trees and things like that for the bounty class, and and they've changed up some other things as well as hunts and and all that in anticipation for people buying the game. Uh, the online portion as a standalone feature. I never really got into Red Dead Online. I. I I, granted, I didn't really get into GTA Online either. That was when GTA Online first launched, and I know they've added a lot and changed a lot since since then. But I just I don't have time for either of them at this point. It's a little I'm just beyond all of that, you know. Like there's no time. There's no time to play everything at all. Um, uh, like people who play online games like that are people who don't play everything right <laughs> i mean it yeah it's a struggle it's a struggle it's not a struggle it's a first world problem like let's be honest but it is one and if you didn't get red dead redemption but you want red dead redemption online now's your chance and it's only five bucks for three months so i don't know what you're waiting for so you almost don't have an excuse if you're into red dead and you want to play online and you don't have it i guess most people would have it, though, I'd assume. Strange. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care to know. I mean, I should, but... How many people are playing Red Dead Online without owning Red Dead already? That's my question. And I wonder how many people this will actually bring in who maybe didn't buy the game originally because of, like, the daunting idea of how big that game is. But that'll be interesting for sure. I wonder what those numbers will look like in February when that price increase goes into effect yeah you have until f february 15th to get it for five bucks on on everywhere essentially so red dead online standalone uh if you're still playing rainbow six siege and you have migrated over to ps5 and xbox series x or s the new 4k 120 frames per second up update is now live so make sure you download those if you guys want to be playing in those sweet sweet 120 frames per second you can do so now uh, if you have the capabilities remember not all tvs can do 120 so keep that in mind uh, phil spencer you know head of xbox over at, at microsoft was uh, being interviewed by the verge and uh, specifically their their podcast uh, which is called uh, the decoder podcast uh, they had asked him about I guess Xbox Game Pass releasing like a uh, smart TV app because I know I think Stadia technically does that with uh, with you know with Google and Play devices and I think that's how Amazon's Luna is doing it if I'm not mistaken and he was actually pretty candid uh, quote saying I think you're gonna see that in the next 12 months I don't think anything is going to stop us from doing that unquote so essentially I don't know if they're going to be doing streaming sticks, but you can essentially play Xbox Game Pass, theoretically, if this comes to true, uh, by the end of next year. You can play Xbox Game Pass, I'm guessing, with an Xbox controller, some way to connect it to your TV, and a, uh, a, a smart TV app or streaming stick. 
you don't have to technically buy an Xbox One or a Series S or X. But this, this opens the door to a lot of possibilities, that's for sure. Now, again, this isn't yes or no. He didn't say yes or no. He said that he doesn't see anyone, any reason they wouldn't. But uh, he also went on to say, quote, when, I, when we think about xCloud, which is our version of Stadia or Luna, I think that it needs to evolve to our games that are actually run between a hybrid environment of the cloud and local compute compatibility, and that they can actually take full advantage of the cloud that's there and that's available, but also full advantage of my edge compute capability that I have in my home in the console. It's really a hybrid between both of those. I don't think the outcome is by definition going to be everything becomes terminal server in my home and all my games are just running completely in the cloud. When we think about the evolution of our game platform, it's really more of a hybrid game platform between edge and cloud that we're shooting for, unquote. So, <laughs> I mean, given the fact that you can't really get a next-gen console in general, uh, this that might be the future for a lot of people. And I'm not big on the streaming future. I mean, that's more for people who are, you know, getting like the Series S or the digital PS5 or people that are legitimately getting Stadia or Luna. Like, they don't want a physical library or they're not gaming all the time. They want something quick, easy, and takes up minimal space. And... It, it, it's it's not for the like hardcore gamer the early adopters this is this is for someone who maybe only buys cod once a year or only gets sports games they don't they don't have a very large library it, it's 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 definitely not supposed to be the end-all be-all and take over the market it, it's a a subset a subsection it's a, a facet of the market it's not going to take over don't don't think that this means no more consoles. It, it it doesn't. It just means different companies are taking different approaches and seeing what sticks. You know, Stadia obviously fell flat. We'll see what happens with Amazon Luna, and we'll see ultimately if Microsoft even does this. Just because he says no one's stopping them doesn't mean they're actually going to do it. So it, you have to take a lot of these things into consideration. It's not just a Oh, this is going to happen tomorrow. It's not. It's just it's it's a thought, it's a possibility and it just means game pass in more people's hands and I mean at the end of the day the the two heavy hitters when it comes to cloud services are Microsoft and Amazon. You don't hear of people buying Google cloud servers. You no, know, it's it's Amazon web services. It's it's Microsoft Azure. Those are the two heavy hitters. They have the cloud infrastructure. That's why I foresee Luna Amazon Luna, which is their streaming game thing, doing a lot better than Stadia, just in terms of a, a lot of reasons, for one. And I think, I, I, I don't know why I do that. I think it's because their channel approach and like different subscriptions you can do, like that the Ubisoft channel they're having. And I, I granted, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But it, it comes down to... A lot of different factors, and, and I don't see this taking over just yet, because a lot of people don't have the best internet in the U.S. at least. I can see this being more popular around the world, but we'll see if Microsoft ends up putting out a Game Pass app for your smart TV, or a dongle 
that comes bundled with with your controller. I mean, they already have that USB adapter for computers that don't have Bluetooth, so you can uh, hook up your Xbox controller to a computer. So it, it, it a lot of TVs have USB ports, so that that might become a thing. Who knows? But it's an, it's an interesting concept. It doesn't hurt to try. Do I see it happening? I'm 50-50 at this point, especially if he says by the end of next year. Who knows what the gaming market's going to look like a year from now? You know what I mean? It's it's as a lot of development has been in flux. So it'll be interesting to see, though, for sure, how next year plays out and to see if these streaming consoles uh, get more traction in the wake of, you know, um, the lack of availability for the PlayStation 5 and, and Xbox Series S and X. Uh, into the into the new year so we'll we'll see how things pick up in in the next few months and speaking of of xbox and playstation we now know what the games with gold and psn plus games will be for the month of december over on xbox with games with gold you have the raven remastered from december 1st through the 31st bleed 2 from december 16th to january 15th those are both xbox one and Xbox Series games, you know, with backwards compatibility. Then you have Saints Row Gat Out of Hell, which is an Xbox 360 BC game from December 1st through the 15th. And then another 360 game stacking from the 16th through the 31st. Uh, then on PlayStation Plus, PlayStation uh, Network Plus games uh, for December, you have Worms Rumble, which is the newest game in the Worms franchise. Just Cause 4, which if you guys remember me talking about last year was not as good as Just Cause 3, in my personal opinion. And Rocket Arena, which is an EA uh, style, uh, uh, or an EA game that's in the vein of like Overwatch and uh, some other things like that. So that's, that's what that game is. Those are available all month long on PlayStation if you have PlayStation Plus. So get those while you can. Those are free to you if you have those services. Remember, if at any time your game, uh, Xbox Live Gold or PSN Plus lapses, you will not have access to these games. So keep that in mind. And then uh, big news for Xbox consoles uh, to a degree. I, I wouldn't call I, I guess it's... Is it big news? Probably not. But MechWarrior 5 will be coming to Xbox consoles in the spring. Uh, it was announced recently by the developer that they are delaying the DLC to the springtime uh, along with, at the same time, they will be launching on Xbox consoles exclusively, which makes sense given that Microsoft owns the MechWarrior franchise IP but does not own the studio that makes it, which is kind of funny. It has been a PC exclusive for quite a while. I don't think, there has, I don't think there's been a MechWarrior game on console since, I want to say, the original Xbox and, and granted, I, I don't think MechWarrior is as popular as it used to be either. But MechWarrior 5 uh, will be coming to Xbox consoles in the spring uh, with uh, MechWarrior Mercenaries, as it's called. MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries. And it will also release on Steam and good old games, uh, along with the DLC, uh, again, next spring. It originally launched... Last December, so about a year ago, uh, the DLC was supposed to come out this month, but that is coming early next year, and it is made by Piranha Games, 
Um, and they are a subsidiary. Who are they a subsidiary to? Um, oh, okay. And add Global 7. I don't know who that is. But they are... They made quite a few games. Uh, Bass Pro Shops, The Strike, Duke Nukem Forever, The Ports, MechWarrior Online, uh, Medal of Honor Heroes 2. Oh, they haven't made a lot of big games, but MechWarrior 5 is coming. And a lot of people like that game, so that's that's good. But like, uh, like I said, Battletech, that is the universe... Interesting. Pretty sure that's all owned by Microsoft still. Not entirely sure, though. Yep. Oh, Tops owns it for board games. And uh, Microsoft's Xbox Game Studios for the, um, for the video games, as uh, you could say. So, do they own Battletech or do they own Mech Warrior? Very confused now. Very, very confused. But I think uh, Mech Warrior 2, I had that game on PC and that was very fun. Let me see. The, the last Mech Warrior game to be on console was let me see I don't think I think it was Mech Warrior 2 holy shit PlayStation and Saturn Sega Saturn 1997 it's been over 20 years since a Mech Warrior game has been on console that is nuts that's crazy. Can't wait to see what they're getting up to at this point in the series with all the different mechs and such. Used to love playing Mech Warrior 2 back in the day. That was always a really fun thing to play. But gotta wait till the springtime now and we'll see how it does on console. But uh, biggest thing I wanted to talk about this week is. It came out from Square Enix and uh, Crystal Dynamics that Marvel's Avengers has essentially been a failure of a game. And it, it it's coming out that it has lost, it has not recouped its development costs, which... Uh, it it looks in, looking like about a $67 million loss for Square Enix, and uh, through this is from a results briefing that the company was giving. Uh, quote: This is from the president of of Square Enix. Quote: Sales of Marvel's Avengers were lower than we had expected, and unable to completely offset the amortization of the game's development costs. Unquote. So they only sold sixty percent of 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 their expected sales. Uh, that's also from from their, their, you know, earnings briefing. And uh, another quote from that same thing, in addition to the amortization of that game's development costs, another significant factor associated with the title was the fact that we undertook a major advertising campaign at the time of its launch 
to make up for delays in our marketing efforts resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic. There's a certain amount of development costs still to be amortized in 3Q, so quarter three, but we want to recoup it by growing our sales going forward, unquote. Quote, we hope to make up for slow initial sales by offering ample additional content to grow our sales, end quote. And, you know, they just announced uh, Kate Bishop, who's going to be one of the first post-launch heroes to come out, is finally coming out this month. But I saw a stat recently that they've, like, 97% of the player base is gone, which technically includes me, but I never played online, so that wouldn't have affected me, really. But it just, there were so many bugs and problems with the game, and it's just, it got boring to play. And you don't want boring to play. That's the last thing you want, especially in an Avengers game. When, when, when you have Insomniac pumping out uh, uh, Spider-Man games that, like, shit on on the Avengers from Square Enix. And Square Enix and Crystal Dynamic have a history of making great games. So when, when they crapped out Avengers at this point, it's like, what were you doing? And then everything was, like, extremely monetized, which didn't help. And in... Every character have have their own battle pass that you have to buy for a lot of shit. And it's just like, excuse me, what? It's just, for a game that's supposed to be Destiny-like, years after Destiny launches, like, you know what works and what doesn't work. Especially with what happened to Anthem, right? And I know they all try to make it their own, but at the same time... The key is to make gameplay that doesn't feel repetitive and boring. And and you want to make sure that all the characters are fun to play with, especially Iron Man. Like, there's so many other good Avengers games. Or or games with those Marvel heroes. The plethora of he- heroes available. And, and it's... It's frustrating. And watch Mojo. I don't know if you guys ever go on YouTube. Watch Mojo's a big channel. They did a whole breakdown of like how it's the biggest letdown in gaming of 2020. And I could go on and on. They went on for about eight minutes. And and it's just like this game is, it was like dead on arrival almost. I, I You guys know, you guys know I spoke at length on multiple occasions how this game did not look fun. It didn't look good. It probably could have used a little bit more time in the oven. And it came out half-baked. And that's unfortunate. But, you know, not everything works. Not everything wins. It's just when you put out a product like this, it needs to be firing on all cylinders at launch from the beginning and not be dead on arrival, not lose its player base a couple months in, not underperform or undersell. Like, it's the Avengers. It should not be underselling. It it barely made over fifty percent of its if it of its predicted sales. Like that is not good, especially from. Especially from the Avengers, that that's just that's like a stab at the heart. I don't see a sequel coming anytime soon, unless they want to push out a sequel that just kind of buries this one. But it's a it's a games as a service game. It's a live service game. It, it just kind of broken and it's not good and hopefully this doesn't kill crystal dynamics as a studio because they are a good studio and they have put out good games the 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 tomb raider reboot franchise for one so we'll see we'll see how things go moving forward and 
Last gaming thing I wanted to talk about is more of a uh, upbeat, more fun thing to talk about. And that is Pokemon's 25th anniversary, which is uh, coming next year. And they announced it at the Thanksgiving parade with the new Pikachu float. Uh, no word yet on, on too many things. Just that they announced the logo, which is like Pikachu's face, but uh, his red cheeks, you know, will be a two and a five. Uh, just like for the 20th anniversary, they had a bunch of different Pokemon sprites making up Pikachu's face. A lot of people are hoping for Gen 4 remakes uh, next year, as it, it it's technically overdue. I, I'm not a big fan of, of of the Pokemon remakes, but I'll take a Gen 4, because I never played Gen 4. And I, I'm, I'm lying. I'm kidding. I love the Pokemon remakes, because Alpha Ruby and, and her Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, excuse me, were great. And I mean great games. Because Gen 3, if you ask me, Gen 3 is probably, of all the Pokemon Gens I've played, which unfortunately is, I've only, I haven't played 4 or 5, okay? So that's Shino and Unova. So Black and White and um, uh, 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 Diamond and Pearl and Platinum. So I haven't played those, even though I own Black 2, or Black, or Black, is it? Uh, one of them. I have them for DS. I never played it. I bought it used. I just, I don't know what happened. I just ran out of time, I guess. But I should. There's no reason I shouldn't. Anyway, uh, of all of them, I thought 3 was the perfect culmination of Pokemon. X and Y are okay. Sun and Moon, like, it was, it was too easy Sun and Moon, and it was too handholdy, and it, that kind of pissed me off a bit. And then Sword and Shield are, they're not bad, don't get me wrong, they're not bad games. I finally, I finally got into the Crown Tundra. It, it's just, they're very different from, from what we've come to expect in a Pokemon game, and they... I don't I don't know how to say this. I like the wild area, but I don't like the wild area at the same time, if that makes any sense. Because it's like you see Pokemon that you would spend a lot of time having to catch and, and evolve and or trade to evolve, and then they're just fucking walking around. And it's like, that's infuriating to see that, kind of. And, I don't know, the wild area is a lot of wasted space as well, if you ask me. So, it... it that that's my issue with those and trading is a pain in the ass when you're trying to trade with a friend it is it is not it is not an easy thing it it should not be as hard as it is and it is and it's infuriating but omega ruby and alpha sapphire being the remakes of of the the gen 3 like i said are some of the best and I mean the best Pokemon games. If you have not played, um, if you have not played Gen Three, find yourself an emulator, find yourself a DS, and and get them because they they are great. And Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire take what was great about like Ruby and Sapphire plus Emerald, so they blend them all, and then you can get a whole lot of legendary Pokemon and things like that just from from just everything in general it, it's it is 
uh, it, it is something that it, it, it's perfect. It's it's damn near perfect, if you ask me. And it it is it is great. Long as long as they don't do anything like Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee or or anything like that, I think will. And they when they remake Diamond and Pearl and whatever they end up being called and stuff like that, that is what that that is what what needs to be done. It, and I I hope I hope that's what happens because that that's definitely something that I would enjoy. I would enjoy if if they do that because I'll I'll get to play. Um, you know, of uh, the games I never did, and maybe one day they'll they'll remake Black and White. But I know a lot of people jerk off Diamond and Pearl, so I, I want to see what it's all about. I remember my freshman year of college, I had emulators were all the rage, and I I totally knocked out Emerald on an emulator, which is really funny. But I downloaded Platinum. No, Diamond Pearl Platinum. Oh, Platinum's the third one. So Diamond and Pearl. Uh, I had downloaded Platinum, and I don't remember, but the emulator, like, broke or something, or it, it didn't work totally because it was a DS game, and and playing those on, uh, it was, it was, um, I don't remember why. It just, it stopped working, and then I just gave up emulators in general, <laughs> mainly because I didn't have my 360 my, <laughs> my first semester, and then I did the second semester, so that's why, but... Uh, okay, so Diamond and Pearl came out in 2007, so we're a little overdue. I, it, you know, it'd be hilarious is if they just skip Diamond and Pearl and just go straight to a black and white remake. <laughs> that would be that would be funny, actually. <laughs> Piss a lot of people off, but that is definitely something a lot of people are hoping for on the 25th anniversary, or at least the announcement of more DLC. For, for Sword and Shield or a Sword and Shield 2 or a third game in, in in that succession. I don't know what a third would be. Halbert, Morning Glory. I don't know what you'd do after Sword and Shield. Lance, Spear. I don't know. Anyway, uh, or whatever's next in the series. I, I, I wonder what... I mean, what? We did Colors. We did Letters. We've done the sun and the moon, a sword and a shield. I don't even know where you go. Do you go back to colors? Do you go back to uh, like things like diamonds and pearls? I mean, technically those are colors and objects. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, uh, Pokemon's 25th anniversary is next year, so expect some big announcements in the in the months to come. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, if you guys are still playing Pokemon Go, of course, they just added... Uh, Gen 6, which is Kalos, so X and Y Pokemon to the game on Pokemon Go. Uh, so they've been slowly adding just about every Pokemon in to Pokemon Go. So if you're still playing that, there you go. And add me, if you like, on Pokemon Pokemon Go. My, my friend code, I don't know why I haven't done this before, but... So, so my friend code or trainer code, whatever you want to call it, is 2679-4761... 2862. That is my trainer code on Pokemon Go. You guys can add me for battling or trading or whatever. Um, I don't even, you don't, I think you have to be nearby for that stuff. So <laughs> that uh, that's, um, 
that's how that works. But anyway, Pokemon Go, they just added Gen 6, which is, uh, like I said, Kalos, X and Y. Actually caught myself a Chespin, a Little Leo, and and a Fletchinder today. So it, it's nice to have those added to the game. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Pokemon's 25th anniversary next year. And uh, with that, we come to the end of gaming this week. Um, let us move on to see what is going on in the television world, folks. So, uh, Disney Plus, you know, is, is adding WandaVision next year, their first MCU show, uh, to finally be added after many delays. Uh, Kevin Feige was being interviewed by Empire Magazine, and they asked him about different television influences, as it's clear they're kind of going through television history in, in the show. And he brought up how they're actually going to have some episodes that will have a mockumentary style in the vein of The Office and Modern Family. So it looks like the show will both have sitcom feels and, you know, action epic MCU. So I, I can't wait to see how WandaVision turns out. I'm very excited for this show, almost more than I am so for uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. But I, I can't wait to see what happens when the show drops in January, about two weeks after The Mandalorian finishes. Scratch that, it's about a month after Mandalorian ends, uh, as Mandalorian will end a week before Christmas. But, yeah, a week before Christmas, exactly. Uh, obviously, they don't want to compete with Soul, their new Pixar movie. So, WandaVision coming in January, mockumentary-style episodes. We already know there's going to be like an I Love Lucy-style one, already know there's like an 80s-style one, so... Can't wait to see how it all plans out, pans out next year. And, uh, you know, we talked about Chappelle's show coming to Netflix last month, but if you noticed it's not there anymore, it's gone, and for a good reason. Dave himself asked them to pull it. And I'm not sure if you guys know this, it's per deadline, but uh, he, he made mention of this on Saturday Night Live recently, you know, about Chappelle's show even being on there. But... Dave actually asked them to pull the show off himself. Uh, he did make a, a quote from Dave himself. When I left that show, I never got paid. Viacom didn't have to pay me because I signed the contract, but is that right? I found out that these people were streaming my work and they never had to ask me or they never had to tell me. Perfectly legal because I signed the contract, but is that right? I didn't think so either. Uh... End quote. Then he went on to say, quote, I think that if you're fucking streaming that show, you're fencing stolen goods. So I'm not going to the agents. I'm coming to my real boss. I'm coming to you. I'm begging you. If you ever liked me, if you ever think there was anything worthwhile about me, I'm begging you, please don't watch that show. I'm not asking you to boycott any network. Boycott me. Boycott Chappelle's show. Do not watch it unless they pay me, unquote. And um, he ended up asking Netflix to pull it himself and he actually said that that's why he likes netflix that's why he works for netflix because they put him first and they listen to him and i it, it essentially is so that he did all that uh via an instagram live post but he he did that because he has a working relationship with netflix and netflix likes him and they put a lot of his new stand up there and i'm sure it's brought them a lot of subscribers but it's also brought in a lot of new people to, to dave and honestly props to dave and props to netflix for standing up for one of their talent and for you know you know giving them the 
and and you know listening to Dave and standing up for him and standing up for what he believes in. Props to Netflix. Just you know, listen to Dave and don't watch it on the other streaming services. Up to you. I mean, but just don't. I love it and I know what it was and I don't really go back and watch a lot of shows I've watched before. Unless I don't really remember them and I wanted to really, really reappreciate them. Like, I'm watching Deep Space Nine, but really for the first time. Um, I'm almost done with that, by the way. But we'll do a big, nice retrospective when I finish. Hopefully in the next couple weeks. I'm on season six now, so uh, we're getting there. Um, I did want to talk, talk about, you know, that's kind of it for TV this week. Not a whole lot. Because um, a lot of stuff was rumors and bullshit and things like that. But I do want to talk about The Mandalorian, because The Mandalorian had objectively uh, it, one of its best episodes of the series. And what has been building up for months at this point, uh, spoilers, of course, uh, so click away if, if you don't want to hear this. We'll be talking about this for probably the next 10 minutes or so. But, and this is part of the reason I record days later, is so I can talk about this shit, but Ahsoka was in The Mandalorian, and they did make some uh, visual aesthetic changes, uh, which are justified now that they talked about it. So Ahsoka, played by Rosario Dawson, uh, appears with her white lightsabers and all her Force ability glory in... This is the most Kurosawa-esque Star Wars they've, they've ever done since the original Star Wars movies. Um, very, very, very Kurosawa-esque, and, uh, if you guys don't know, Kurosawa is a Japanese director, made a lot of samurai films, and who George Lucas used for inspiration, but, but anyway, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka is, is chef's kiss, my god, it was, ooh, so good seeing her, and her interactions uh, with Baby Yoda, who we now know is named Grogu, uh, and we have a little bit about his backstory. Uh, so he is the same age as Anakin would be at the time in the film. So he's born about 41 years before the Battle of Yavin. Um, and so it puts him about 50 years old because we're at nine years after the Battle of Yavin now at this point. Uh, so he's about five years older than Ahsoka. So he was at the Jedi Temple and she talks about she got from him that he was at the temple and moved around and things like that. And uh, we see her interacting with him on a force level, but she's not going to train him, which is a very interesting thing. And we're also uh, being led down a further path with the child. So it, it's a little frustrating that, that we're still going to have the child because he's on this path. But again, that's that's kind of the whole point of the show. Um, but, but now Ahsoka, so Ahsoka's not going to take him. Ahsoka's not going to train him. Because technically she's not a Jedi. So if you've watched the Clone Wars, you'd know this. Granted, a lot of people haven't, so they won't. But she tells him to go to Tython, which has a steeped history in Star Wars lore. Tython is the home of the Jedi Order, technically. Tython is a major point for the New Republic in the, the Old Republic games. The New Republic. Why did I say the New Republic? The Old Republic. It's a major point for the Old Republic in the Old Republic game. And... Tython, I'm happy they brought it up. I hope they go there. 
Um, I wonder it, who it will bring in. A lot of people now are saying Sebastian Stan should, should come in and play a young Luke because he weirdly looks almost exactly like uh, like Mark Hamill. Sebastian Stan is already in the in the Disney family playing the Winter Soldier, so it wouldn't be too much of a stretch. I don't see that happening though. But that, that's not even the biggest thing in the episode because the biggest thing in the episode is Grand Admiral Thrawn gets name dropped. Okay. Ahsoka is fighting the magistrate of the city on Corvus, uh, essentially, to where, you know, where she is. And she gets in this fight. And I know I'm leaving a lot of the episode out because it's not important. But she gets the magistrate up right before she finishes her. And she's like, where is your master? Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? My jaw straight up hit the fucking floor. And I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. When does this take place? Is this after Rebels? Is this is this in between that final scene? Is is Sabine around? Where's Ezra? Like, and then Dave Filoni comes out like, oh, maybe it takes place before the final scene in Rebels. And what does this mean for the franchise moving forward? Does this mean we're going to get Thrawn in live action? Is Ahsoka getting a show? I, I have so many questions. I have so many fucking questions. And 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 oh my God, is Boba Fett even coming back this season? I think we're the last three episodes are going to be fucking balls to the wall because we know Gideon's coming back. We know, I think Boba Fett's coming back. The dark troopers are hinted at. I just, I don't know where it's going. And I hope season three is just like, they just keep building at this point. And season two of the Mandalorian is honestly one of the best second seasons of a show ever. Hands down. I'm saying it now. Best second season of a show ever. I'm done. Boom. That's the review of last week's Mandalorian episode, The Jedi. <laughs> Let's talk about movies. <laughs> just just right on to the next topic. I, I don't even know what's going to happen. Anyway. Uh, we got our first look at the live action adaptation of Clifford the Big Red Dog. And why it took so long for there to be a Clifford the Big Red Dog movie is beyond me. But anyway, it, it's not even anything. It's just like a bunch of dogs and then him next to like normal sized dogs. And I just, I was like, why, why is it taking so long? I thought this movie was supposed to be out. Or why wasn't it made before? Like, probably just waiting for CG to get really good, I guess. But yeah, Clifford the Red Dog, Big Red Dog's coming. And, uh... We can finally put an end to the uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Grindelwald saga, as uh, now that Johnny Depp has exited the role, we now have a replacement for uh, Grindelwald, the most evilest wizard of all. Uh, wiz wizard Hitler, essentially. Um, Mads Mikkelsen will be replacing Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, and, and I don't think there's anyone more perfect for the role, essentially because he is from the same area as Grindelwald. Because Grindelwald's from Northern Europe, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mads, Mikkel well, Mads Mikkelsen is German, if I remember correctly. Okay, so we don't know where Grindelwald was born. I just went to the Harry Potter wiki. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is Danish, uh, from Denmark. So it, it, it lines up, and he's got that look. Um, so it, it makes sense, and I think he's a better casting than Johnny Depp, personally. And I, I can't wait to see what, what he does with the role. That's for sure. And um, so with Wonder Woman 1984 going to streaming, uh, arguably Warner Brothers' biggest film this year, we now have to wonder 
what is going to happen with Godzilla versus Kong, as it's their bit next biggest tentpole, uh, with everything else being delayed, and it coming out in May, and we don't know what the state of things will be in May, but uh, apparently now, uh, per the Hollywood Reporter, there's been a bidding war uh, with Netflix and HBO Max with Warner and Legendary Pictures that Netflix potentially, potentially ponied up up to $200 million to get the streaming rights to Godzilla vs. Kong if it was going to forego theaters. Uh, Warner Media didn't do that because they might want to put it on their own service, uh, you know, HBO Max. Uh, Legendary Pictures and Warner Brothers haven't said anything it, it other than it's sticking to its theatrical release, which is still for May. And I hope so, because that's a movie you definitely want to watch on the big screen. Or, you know, we when I talked about God uh, King of the Monsters, I went in IMAX and 1,000% worth it. So hopefully by May, theaters will be open and we will be able to go watch a movie like Godzilla vs. Kong in the theaters. And I just... Or whatever theaters might be open, because I think, I think uh, one woman, even though it's going to HBO Max, will be in whatever theaters might be open, if they're not reclosed. But I just I want theaters to be open. You guys know this more than anything. I want theaters to be reopened. But uh, um, I don't know. Uh, if you guys were on Disney Plus recently and watching Black Panther by chance, you might have noticed a change. Uh, Marvel Studios has, in honor of Chadwick Boseman, who sadly passed away earlier this year, in a tribute to him, have changed the opening Marvel credits, essentially, of, of the film. You know, when they show off the Marvel heroes and then it goes to the Marvel Studios logo. Uh, they have changed the hue to purple. And instead of showing off other Marvel heroes, they've, they've cut it all to scenes of Chadwick as Black Panther uh, and things like that in the dun 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 you know, and then the Marvel Studios logo fades in. And it it's it's really awesome that they did that and hopefully it's permanent. I, I haven't found anything that said if it was permanent or temporary, but but I'm I'm sure they'll they'll make it temporary. Permanent. Make it permanent. I'm all over the place today. Anyway, uh, we do have another sad loss to report. David Prowse. Uh, the man behind Darth Vader, essentially, not the, he wore the costume. He was Darth Vader in the first uh, three Star Wars films. Uh, and David Prowse has been uh, somewhat of a, a thorn in, in Lucasfilm's side, I should say. Uh, the fans still love him. He still loves interacting with the fans. But uh, uh, Lucasfilm and Disney kind of continued it too, kind of kept him at an arm's distance. Towards, towards the later years. And I don't know if that's because he spoke out against things or, or just other things, but a lot of people... I don't know what happened. I don't know the full story anymore. I, I know there's a documentary on it somewhere. It had to do with him not voicing the character, I think, and uh, just other things. But it's a sad loss for the Star Wars world, and it, it, it unfortunately just reminds you that these movies were made a long time ago, and... He's not going to be the first, and he's not going to be the last. And it's unfortunate, but R.I.P. David Prowse. A couple more things I wanted to talk about uh, before the end of the show today. That was it for movies this week. Circling back to, to Pokemon here for a second. So, 
don't know if you guys know this, but Abra, Kadabra, and an Alakazam, you know, the famous magical phrase, but also the name of three Pokemon. But Kadabra is the, the middle Pokemon in, in that trio. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Kadabra has not had a Pokemon card printed in almost 20 years. And it all has to do with the illusionist Yuri Geller. So the Japanese names for Abracadabra and Alakazam are all related to famous magicians. Um, and in Japanese, Kadabra's name is actually Jungerer, or Jungerer, or Jungeller, which are very similar to his name. And obviously, Kadabra has the bending spoons. Yuri Geller is famous for his illusion of bending spoons with his mind. So starting in 2000, he actually sued Nintendo about Kadabra, and since then he has not had a Pokemon card printed at all, ever. You've only been able to get a a Abra and Alakazam. And I don't know what happened, but it, this has been a buzz on, on a lot of places. He, he put out this statement. Quote, I am truly sorry for what I did 20 years ago. Kids and grown-ups, I am releasing the ban. It's now all up to Nintendo to bring my Kadabra Pokemon card back. It will probably be one of the rarest cards now. Much energy and love to all, unquote. Uh, he also then did an interview with the gamer saying, quote, Due to the tremendous volume of emails I'm still getting, begging me to allow Nintendo to bring back Kadabra, Jung Geller, I sent a letter to the chairman of Nintendo giving them permission to relaunch the Yuri Geller, Kadabra, Jung Geller worldwide, unquote. Uh, he also said uh, that it was re received by Nintendo representatives, uh, so it looks like they're thinking about it, I guess. But uh, my guess is more than likely nobody knows who he is anymore. Illusionists don't have a lot of power these days any anymore because magic is kind of not as wondrous as it once was, and he probably just needs some name recognition. I don't want to fault him, but I'm just that's where I'm leaning at this point because. Honestly, I don't really know who the fuck Yuri Geller is. I know Bending Spoons. I didn't know it was him. But <laughs> that that's funny that it's it's finally happening. I wonder when they'll print that card. It'd be interesting. They should do... If Nintendo was smart, they would launch like a special exclusive set that features a Kadabra card in every style, in every set that they've come out with since the ban. And, and just, like, re-release a Kadabra card to match every one of those sets. They won't do it. I know they won't, but cowards, they won't do it. But it'd be interesting to see if they did do that. That'd be, be kind of interesting. But uh, I was going to say, the other names of the Pokemon... I'm pulling up Dr. Lava. If you guys don't follow Dr. Lava on Instagram and you really like Pokemon, you should. Because he's got a lot of cool Pokemon facts. Um, he actually does the, the Pokemon or the, 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 did you know gaming videos on, on YouTube for, um, uh, for, for a lot of Nintendo stuff he's involved. Uh, but essentially it, it's, uh, the name for Abra in Japanese is Casey named for the magician Edgar Casey, uh, younger for Kadabra, obviously Yuri Geller. And then Alakazam's Japanese name is Fudin, which he's named after Harry Houdini. So if you guys didn't know that, that's a thing. That's a fact for you guys to learn. So happy you learned something new today. <laughs> At least it's one thing, right? <laughs> uh, but a uh, final thing I want to talk about that's really cool. Magic the Gathering. Uh, they've been doing a lot of cool cards recently. 
they announced a new set, and it's going to be cards featuring art painted by Bob Ross. How about that? Uh, it's being called the Secret Lair set, and uh, the new Happy Little Gathering set, a uh, little uh, sub-name, which is all featuring Bob Ross like landscape art and if that's not the coolest fucking thing ever i don't know what is and i almost want to buy these bob ross cards and i don't even play magic the gathering but it would be awesome just to have these cards with some bob ross art and that'd be so cool to have uh, it doesn't say when they release but it will have two ross landscapes so not not every card in the set, but uh, we'll have a few of them. Limited run, and no word yet. Uh, you can get, you can pre-order them. Uh, starting, uh, it started on the thirtieth, and it ends on the fourteenth. So it started Monday, and it ends in two weeks. But oh, how much are these? I want to know about the Happy Little Gathering set. Let's see. Set anniversary. No foils, no nonsense. These are not cheap. Um I don't think they have just the Bob Ross cards. I'm looking now actually. Happily uh 30 bucks for them and they will uh and 30 bucks for the non-foil, 40 bucks for the foil cards. So if you want to go get those Bob Ross sets, uh, you can get them on the secretlair.wizards.com, so Wizards of the Coast. And all... Oh, so it is. each card is a piece of art from Bob Ross. So if you want to get those, uh, those are now available for pre-order, and they will release next March. So keep, you guys, keep your eye out for those. No word on if they'll be available after the sale. Um, but Bob Ross Magic the Gathering cards, if you guys still play, that's a nice collection you can add. And uh, if you don't, it's a collector's item. But that is, uh, that's it for Nixner News this week, guys. Thank you guys for stopping by. Thank you guys for listening. As always, check out NixnerNews.com, where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you want to listen to us on the go, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast pages. While you're there, check out our social tab so you can see all our social media feeds where we post a lot of fun memes and other fun goings-ons. And also, while you're at Nick's Nerd News, like a, like a, leave a comment, send a note. Hopefully, uh, we're going to do some revamping in the new year, uh, reevaluating everything I put on the website. And other than that, I, I do want to start putting more videos up I know I've been talking about this for a year, but sometimes time just escapes. And 2020 has been an, been an odd one. Working from home, you know, makes you kind of not want to, like, go on your own computer and do more stuff. Because you're just in the same room all the time. And that's why some things took a backseat this year. But again, 2021 is a new beginning, a new year. Let's hope for the best. Uh... Got a couple more episodes of the of the year to knock out. We'll we'll do a year in review, probably in early January, just laying things out for for the time being. And uh, again, thanks guys for stopping by. This is Nick Ben Nixner News. I am your host, Nick. 
I will catch you guys on the flip side.